Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Smart running to his right, gives it right back, and throws it down! Oh, my goodness! Celtics Reddit podcast, Ben Vallis here, or as I go by on Celtics Reddit, Brutal Gash. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. Also here tonight from across the Tasman there in New Zealand, Joe, aka Nose Croats McFly. Joe, welcome back, man. How's it going? Good, mate. Holy hecka. That was quite a uh, that was quite a change in energy levels there, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I got the I gotta bring my host energy, you know? Like I can't just I can't just be my usual self. I've gotta I've gotta get into character here. It is a little bit like that. It's a little I, Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's you know, socially. I don't know if you've ever done this, like we are driving like I actually had this one, I was driving with uh with the missus <laughs> on the way to her work do on Friday. And I was like you know, like the energy was like low, you know, but like I think both of us were just kind of like, because we knew we had to be like on. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then you get there to the event and you're like Bang. a different version of yourself. Yeah. yeah. But you can only do it for so long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> poor old missus lost her voice, eh? So, um, oh, but, no. <laughs> but fear not, Celtics fans, I've managed to escape that particular affliction. Have you found time to, to keep on top of the, the goings-on, the many goings-on of the Boston Celtics? Yes, because I'm a fiend. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're here. With all the early preseason formalities underway, there there has been some news in the past week, mostly from interviews with Danny Ainge and the players and the like. Um, so we're going to get to that. And if there's time, we, we might get to a Reddit recap as well. We'll see how we're going. But Joe, trade a player exception. The newest addition to the Celtics roster, replacing, of course, Gordon Hayward. Joe, uh, you, at least on this podcast, you've you've probably been the most consistent proponent for the notion of Hayward's contract being a bad one and his contributions being unremarkable, for lack of a better term. How are you feeling about the essentially the swap, Gordon Hayward, for a trader player exception? Well, uh, okay. So, I would classify his contract as a negative value contract over the course of it. It's you know, and that's a good out of necessity. Yeah. Out of the, you lose one year, I mean, and essentially two and a half years. Like it's it's <laughs> negative value for what you paid, right? Um, I, I still would have preferred Hayward back for sure. Um, and if it was like a if 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 they re-signed him on the contract that he was offered, I was probably I probably I think that still probably would have been a 
better result than what we have now, you know. Um, but I, I, I guess I, man, I always thought like it was going to, like, with an opt out. The trouble is with a player option, it means if it's if they're a good enough player, you know, they're gonna opt out, and if they're a bad enough player and you don't want the seller on the books, they're gonna opt in, right? It just that's that's how it's gonna work. It's always gonna be the worst possible result. So getting a traded player exception out of it um, afterwards, I've gone backwards and forwards. Like I think, I think if I, like had put a gun to my head, I'd probably say I thought the Pacers offer was better. But it doesn't sound like that was actually an option because I don't think the Pacers were willing to go four for one twenty. Yeah, and I mean, by all accounts, it sounded like Gordon Hay was willing to take less money to go to Indiana. I guess time will tell if that's true or not, but Danny Age apparently didn't value what Indiana were giving back in that potential trades scenario, namely Miles Turner, and that the, the, the theory out there is that he shopped the trade value of Miles Turner around and, and got no bites league-wide. No one valued the contract, and the Celtics certainly um, do not seem like the kind of front office to spend $18 million per year on any big man, uh, particularly Miles Turner, who I guess Danny Ainge and, and a lot of people out there, particularly in the Celtics front office, just don't value at all. So I, I guess that's why the, the Indiana thing fell through. So you're you're saying you prefer that that haul back from Indiana, Miles Turner and and, and Dougie McBuckets or whatever it was going to be, uh, as opposed to a trader player exception? Well, work with me here, Ben. Okay, so... It, it all depends on what, look, look, if we, let's just say that the traded player exception, that they happen to make it big enough for us to get Bradley Beal and we're traded for Bradley Beal with a traded player exception. Like, of course that's better, right? But you've got to work through the scenarios of what's actually going to happen with this traded player exception. And um, look, I, I don't think this is like, this is not something I'm going to bag the front office for. Um, it really could work either way. Um but think about it like this. All right. So why do we want the trader player exception? Well, it gives us cap space to absorb contracts into. It's it's much better than nothing. And it's it's buying, not buying power, but it's buying room. Right. Okay. So it's, 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 it's space to absorb a contract that we wouldn't otherwise be able to take. We wouldn't be otherwise able to get that salary. That salary is not available for us to spend under any other circumstance, right? Sure. Okay. So- if if what are we likely to get out of the traded player exception? Like who are we likely to get? Like what sort of contracts are we going to be talking about here? Right. So what's the risk that you wind up essentially absorbing and ex- expiring for the price of a, like like let's just say um, someone wants to get rid of of a bad player off their books next year. And they give us a first rounder to go with it. Like, mm-hmm. what's the likelihood that that's what we get for our trader player exception instead of like a, that useful player in the eighteen or nineteen million dollar range? I'd say, I mean, it's it's not unlikely. It's it's one of four. I think uh, as laid out by Larbird thirty three, friend of the show on Celtics Great Red post, recently, very way. popular post. Uh, one of four scenarios, potential scenarios coming out of the this trader player exception. So taking on a bad contract, quote unquote bad contract, and, and bringing on assets as well, and Danny Ainge starting to rebuild that treasure trove of assets is, is one of those scenarios. So, so uh, it's not it's not unlikely. Okay, but what's the okay? Let's think about the type of asset that we're going to be getting along with it. Like it's likely going to be some sort of protected first 
right? If it's from a bad team, it'll be a protected first. If it's from a good team, it'll be a maybe a less lightly protected first, but it's still all the same, you know? So, so the trouble is, for me, is that leaves us in a situation where it's like, like we don't want to take on crap salary that's extending out of the future, right? Like, we're not going to sure. be taking on, I don't know, flipping, like, John Wall's salary. Like, I don't think we can. Right, we're not, we're not going to take on a long-term salary, right? Right, that's not what we that's not what we're looking. So we're looking to take on short-term salary. Trouble with short-term salary is we wind up back in the same position. Okay, so let's just say we take on an expiring, right? Someone someone's trying to get out of their twenty-eight mil, like say it's two years. We don't re-sign them then. Then what? You know, like the traded player exception or the expiring contract has to ultimately turn into some sort of salary, like that you want. Yeah. Okay. And 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 what I'm saying is I I I think that there's a risk uh, that um, that traded player exception. It's got a ticking clock on it. So you know, Angel's balls can be in the vice. You know, with this thing, um, like because the league, the the you know, like the league might collectively decide. Ah, you know what? There's nothing we actually really want to give you here. Like a valley, in which case you rewind the clock and you think, well, you're better off with Miles Turner, because the th- thing is, if you've got that 18 million dollar salary rolling forward, right, in the new NBA, the 18 millions is kind of like a, it's kind of like a middle level, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, and and okay, look, maybe he's not super tradable, but we keep that salary. It's like the traded player exception has a one year expiry. Maybe I'm kind of getting my point around about why here. Miles Turner's got three years left on his contract. It's not like the guy can't play. It's not like the guy can't actually help us, you know? And had mm-hmm. they done that, they would have gotten the first. They would have gotten another useful player, you know, whether it was McDermott. It sounded like what they were offering. Mm. Reportedly. Reportedly. Yep. McDermott's useful. That's wing depth, a useful center. Then all of a sudden, maybe you don't sign Tristan Thompson. I'd prefer Tristan Thompson at any price to Miles Turner, to be honest. But, mm-hmm. but like, our issue right now is, like, wing depth and playmaking, right? We've got, like, a... So then our $9 million might go to another wing, right? Now, I'm not great off the top of my head. I don't know which, which agent targets there were. Maybe Jay Crowder. Um, <laughs> that would have been funny. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> So I'm just I'm I'm not saying like you can't say definitively it's the way to go like if but I I just think there's a really strong case to be made for what Indiana was offering in retrospect and, and it's certainly a lot more certain um I understand that you don't want to take on Miles Turner maybe in perpetuity you might see that as a bad contract but the trouble is a bad contract is still better than nothing for us because a bad contract can still be traded with something it can still be yeah. traded with assets to get something Right now, you might like, like. I think you can definitely make the argument that that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I've yarned too much. What do you reckon about that? No, I understand all your points, and and they're good ones to make on the. So I guess first of all, on the the passing up of the Indiana deal. I mean, you said it yourself. You'd rather take on Tristan Thompson than take on Miles Turner. So yep. I think that kind of resolves that point to some degree, and it all comes down to perspective and and how you look at it. So suddenly, it's not about Gordon Hayward versus whatever asset. It's nothing versus whatever asset. So at some point, it was it was a foregone oh. conclusion that we were going to lose Gordon Hayward. And it's a matter of like, okay, well, how can we walk away with, with some 
integrity and credibility well, from from this situation. It's, it's, and, and- we don't really know what actually like what is the truth? Is the truth that Gordon Haywood was like, I'm signing with Charlotte, Indiana, you got to match four and one twenty, or mm. stuff you. You know, if that's the case, then of course, like it's a great result. It's the best result he yeah. could have actually gotten. But yep. if Haywood was actually willing to go there for a little less and the sign and trade was workable, I think it becomes a live sort of question. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. And I don't know if we're going to know the, the truth of, of what happened there anytime in the near future. But as, as far as using this trader player exception to, to regain some sort of value and, and kind of, you know, wash our hands of this Hayward situation once and for all and move on, it can be used to claim a player off the waivers. So in the buyout market in the in the not too distant future, we can use that trader player exception to absorb uh, a contract or contracts uh, from players in the buyout market. So as far as, okay, the legal say, stuff you, we're not going to trade with you, Danny Ainge, and we know you've got the ability to take on contracts, but we don't care. We're not going to give you anything. Ainge can pluck, you know, helpful helpful players from that buyout market and absorb their contracts. And obviously, we'll have to free up, free up some roster spots for them. But we do have the ability and technically, you know, the cap space to, to make that happen as a result of the trader player exception. I want to get back to that La Bird post very quickly because yeah, we, we, we on. touched on we touched on that one <laughs> scenario on about taking era. on bad contracts and and draft picks as well. So the other three remaining scenarios, and I've, I've summarized them, but I definitely recommend checking out this post by La Bird thirty three. One of the one of the rare posts to do well on Celtics Reddit and also NBA Reddit. Somehow, normally that is downvote anything coming from a, a Celtics Reddit user. We, the other three uh, scenarios, we call it a crossover hit. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's a hit on, on many, many charts. So the other three scenarios, uh, one is immediately trade for one or two impact players, such as George Hill or Patty Mills. And, um, you know, in that case, you'd obviously have to throw in some minor assets, but OKC are hoarding assets at the moment. So you can throw any picks, second rounders or otherwise um, their way, and they're going to throw you back George Hill. Um, Patty Mills, the Spurs are obviously at a crossroads. You could probably dangle some assets and bring back a guy like Patty, Patty Mills or equivalent. Give up talent and utilize the full traded player exception. So the Celtics are hard capped and would need to ditch some contracts in order to use the full TPE. Um, but you could could give up some combination of, you know, Shemi Ojeley, Carson Edwards, maybe Daniel Tice, God forbid, uh, and then combine the resulting cap space for a player like DeMar DeRozan or Rudy Gobert. And finally, stand pat and wait for the 2021 free agency period where guys like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and uh, dare I say it, Giannis Antetokounmpo are, are notable free agent examples uh, in that period of time. So those are, in, in conjunction with what we talked about earlier, the, the four potential scenarios to come out of this trader player exception that we have acquired uh, any thoughts on that at all joe i just I'm, I'm thinking ahead to the deal what does the deal look like if it's a play that we actually want so say it's an aaron gordon or in bunch Fournier. of picks. like we're kind of man the timing of this all is like it's a bunch of picks right like unfortunately mm-hmm. we do have be. our own picks but it's not like it's not like the old days where we had <laughs> where we had multiple first rounders um and so i'm guess i'm I'm just a little skeptical that we're going to have the horses to get something done for an Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier type. Um, I don't know why Orlando would do it. Um, like, I think you've got to start throwing in names like Romeo Langford. You know, like names that have some value and are uh, in value in that they're almost an unknown quantity or, or, or quality. Um, 
that their best is is yet to be seen. You know, there's still some mystery to to what Romeo Langford could end up being, and you could kind of trade on that value along with a couple of second round picks or a future first or something like that. I think that that gets it done for the right team at the right time, who's maybe decided they're going to move in a new direction, and Romeo Langford is someone to potentially take on as an asset. Imagine we had Aaron Gordon, and someone was just going to give us basically Romeo Langford for it. And a pick, like, would you be would you be okay with that? Like, well, you you know what Aaron Gordon is. You know who he is as a player. Uh, you don't know that about Romeo Langford, and you know that you're not getting anywhere beyond you know the eight seed or thereabouts. If you're the Orlando Magic, you you know that you've got to take it in a new direction. And a young player who has potential is pr- probably, let's be honest, one of a series of trades that a team like Orlando makes potentially to to move on. I, I think this is in. We might. I might. We might have to sort of. To me, this is pointing in the direction of um, a really obvious point, maybe. But, man, one or two of our young guys really have to pop this year. Like, they have mm-hmm. to. Because um, otherwise, man, we are stitched up. Because we're going to be good for a while. So, um, those first rounders um, are probably going to be in the mid-late 20s going forward. Uh, it's going to be really hard for us to sort of extend the window or like we have to create assets to be able to package with like when Kimber's expiring the chat will come up you know if Kimber Walker finishes his contract on with this as a Celtic I will be surprised um <laughs> and um you, you know what I mean like we actually need one of them to pop so that there's something to go with one of those to go with one of those big salaries for an impact like an impact player um so you don't think there's any in any like pre-pop value to borrow that term in like this guy is probably going to pop, so there's some value there. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if he popped on your team and you got him cheap? Like trade a Danny, you know, he wouldn't be the only GM to 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 pitch that to a GM of a of a um, soon to be or currently rebuilding team. Well, I just keep putting, I just keep. Well, I keep. I put the question to you, sir. You know, <laughs> like, would you do it? Like, would you be happy with that return if you're a fan? of the other team. Now, I don't think I'd be happy with that if I was a Celtic fan and, and Aaron Gordon was on my team. I really don't. Like I no. I mean and well, be fair like Romeo Langford, I'm I'm you know, look, I mean I was a skeptic of the pick. I like Grant Williams. I like Carson Edwards. Um love Grant Williams. Daniel Tice. <laughs> chunky tradable contract. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly we, we promote Time Lord on our end. It could be considered mutually beneficial. But to answer your question, you know, what I like that as a fan of an opposing team, it really comes down to how many picks and what the quality of those picks um, are included in, in that potential trade. Yeah, I mean, might we be in a situation where we've got to do like a Drew Holiday type deal? I'm like, I don't know, I like that deal that much. You know, the more I think about it for Milwaukee, I, I you know, so who's that guy going to be? Like, okay, so it's it's going to be... In the season, right, we're restricted to basically twenty million and under. I think is everyone pretty all over the top of that mass there because we're hard capped. Do we need to? Yeah, do you think so, we need to go over that? No, I mean it's what it's like twenty point three million, or I might, might be off by a million or two. Um, but yeah, because we're hard capped, we can't use the full traded player exception as it currently stands. So this year it's twenty million dollars and under players, right? So yeah. Um, Unless we, like one of the Larbird scenarios suggests, we throw in a couple of contracts of our own and, and free up a, a little additional cap space, but it gets a little bit more complicated there. Yeah, but does anybody sort of exist in that range, range between 20 and 27 million? Like, <laughs> like that's your probably... DeMar DeRozan's, your Lam- LaMarcus Aldridge's. Um, 
I pluralize those names, but those are probably literally the only two players in that in that range. But but do they exist? I guess to answer your question, uh, in a sense that would be valuable to the Celtics. In my opinion, no, probably not. Right? Yeah. Um. So and also the the trouble with that is depth, right? Because you've got mm. a package generally like our bigger salaries going to tend to be guys that have some usefulness to us, like Daniel mm. Tice, right? I mean, I guess a semi could be relevant in making the salary work, but making the, you know, the, the trade, making the salary matching rules work. But um, but we still, we've always had this problem, right, where we don't have enough guys at that mid-level exception. I'm almost thinking, like, I'm thinking aloud a little bit, like, I'm almost more, like, we need to use that Ennis Kenta $5 million TPE. Like that's what we need to get for. Um, we need to get some kind of dead salary, maybe you know, to make that work. Mm. What and take on some assets in, in conjunction with that? Well, just I'm just sort of trying to think. Okay, like if we're gonna like the band of players in that eighteen million dollar range, which is kind of like the good contract range now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. I mean, I'm doing this Bill Simmons thing where I'm making up, <laughs> making up categories as I go. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's um, that $18 million range is either a good contract, right? Or it's a play you just don't really want. It's a sort of a play with no trade value at all. Like, it's like Kent Bazemore last year. Mm, or it's Aaron even, Gordon, perhaps? Aaron, well, Aaron Gordon's got some trade value. You know, like, Aaron Gordon's, I see him as a, as a valuable player. So, mm, okay. so, what I'm saying is, you know, I know you can't aggregate it, but. It's the salary going out there to match the salary going in, right? So maybe it's this $5 million trader player exception that's more important. Because, you know, if we need to accumulate contracts to be able to package, to be able to get the salary going out to match, maybe we just need to get up into that next band. Is what yeah. I'm saying. No, and like the whole thing is, it's a very good point because, you know, all of the, the pundits, podcast articles and whatnot have, you know, they, they've crunched the numbers and mathematically we're in a position to to do an exchange with a, with an accepting team to, to, to take on one of their players. Um, but how can we incentivize that for the for the opposing team, I think is, is a mm. good point there. And um, it remains unclear how that's going to happen. Danny Ainge was quoted today, uh, quote, there's no but there's nobody that we want to cut and get off the team. He also said, We're not going to do anything right now. Let's see how the season goes, where we are. We'll have the ability to improve our team at the trade deadline and next season, next off season, if not. Um so he wants to see what the young guys can do. Um, which I guess kind of ties a knot on this whole thing that he's ready to stand pat and, and, and sort of wait and react to to how the season unfolds, not just for the Celtics, but for other teams that might potentially be involved in some of those trades that we discussed. Um, I thought Danger Cart was really interesting on the Winning Plays podcast yesterday. He outlined a huge list of players that the Celtics could potentially acquire using the trader player exception. We talked about Aaron Gordon. Another one he mentioned was DeJounte Murray. Yeah. He's 24 years old, point guard, four years remaining on his contract uh, with an ascending contract, I believe. So it makes 14, 15, 16, and 17 million over the next four years. But kind of fits the timeline is, you know, you wouldn't call him a five-tool player um, or a five-tool athlete or whatever the term is. Like, he, he can't really shoot particularly well, but he's got good Doesn't instincts baseball, as an excellent defender. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly my point. Doesn't play baseball. Um, but you know what I mean? He, he would yeah. be an exceptional, exceptional acquisition for the Celtics. And I don't know. I kind of feel like the Spurs are at a point where they might do the dance with Danny Ainge if he can throw in, 
you know, a guy like Romeo Langford again. It's like, sorry to keep bringing up his name and an appropriate amount of picks. That that might be where it's kind of worth it to give up the picks along with the prospective young player where you're, you're taking on yet another young player who maybe has more talent to be shown over the next couple of years. Any thoughts there? Uh, uh, I mean, I just sort of look at him like, why would you do that if, you, <laughs> if you're San Antonio? Like, don't you want to see what you've got with Murray? I feel like he's- This is a Celtics podcast hurt. and we're, we're, we're dreaming up big for the Celtics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was a super interesting name. Like, yeah. it's, it's 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 very hard to think of it like an equivalent. Someone like, like it's very hard to think of someone who's, you don't think of as like being washed or anything like that. You think of it, but in a, in a sort of, like San Antonio, they've got what, Lonnie Walker, they've got Derek White. Who else have they got down there? Well, they've got Patty Mills currently, right? So they do mm-hmm. have kind of like a little bit of a log jam of not awesome players there, right? Eh? Yeah, um, and they've had Murray for a couple of years now, a few years, and he hasn't, like, it's not like he's had a moment or a string of moments mm-hmm. with San Antonio, kind of similar to Gordon Hayward with the Celtics. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. been around for a while, never really, you know, hit a home run to stick with the, the baseball there. So maybe it's time to move on and, and try your luck in another ballpark. I'm going to stop using baseball terms now. <laughs> um, a user device wrote, Harrison Barnes is someone I'd like to see Danny Ainge trade for. More switchable than Aaron Gordon and also shoots threes better. The three-year contract is a bit long, though. Um, but we to add can't, to that, that- yeah, we can't do it, though, until next season because of the hard capping because Harrison Barnes is... I mean, I'm just reiterating points that have been made by other people on the internet, but we can't do that until the hard cap's not an issue. I'm pretty sure. Sure. I mean, technically possible if we move out other salary, but yeah, it becomes very complicated just to acquire Harrison Barnes in a year that's sort of already uncertain for the Celtics, but it is technically possible. But Um, remembering that we're probably going to have to incentivize whoever takes this trader player exception and anyone we shift out in order to create more, um, you know, to anyone we shift out to get more salaries going out the door also is probably going to have to be somewhat of a useful player or there's going to have to be substantial assets attached to them to, to them to take on the trade. It's, it's man, it's, it's a really tricky thing, eh? Um, mm. we're, we're kind of at that point where our team kind of, like our team kind of is what it is, <laughs> you know, after all the promise. For now, yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, this is it. This is what, this is what the result of the rebuild was. And it's pretty darn good, but it's not like a super team. Um and yeah, I think that we need someone to be a Draymond. You know, like we need we need that low round hit, man. Um, mm. we really do. So I mean, the takeaway point is definitely that it's going to be difficult to make some of the prophesized moves using this trader player exception uh, than maybe some have predicted. But it's going to be interesting to to see how it plays out. And I think if anyone can, I don't know, I'm saying this as a clear Celtics homer, but if anyone can handle it well, it's probably Danny Ainge and, and the team there. Um, we should move on, though. Kemba Walker. So Chris Forsberg tweeted today, Celtics formally announced that Kemba Walker will miss the start of the 2020-21 season while on a strengthening plan. Uh, Romeo Langford remains on track for a return sometime in late January or February. Tristan Thompson will be limited at the start of camp with a minor hamstring strain. But I want to stay on the Kemba Walker stuff there. Uh, What's your take on this? Because to me, it kind of... Uh, lessens the doubt around the Kemba situation and we can see that the the team have a plan and a strategy in place and there's, there's somewhat of a timeline. You know, we heard that he got a stem cell injection in his leg as well and it's like they've kind of been a little bit more transparent about what's going on there and what the plan is. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that, Joe. <laughs> That's so sweet, Ben. 
His knees are screwed. Like, he's on borrowed time. You know, he, it just, just says- Just one I, knee, though, isn't it? <laughs> his knee, singular. <laughs> is, like, clearly. Like, you just have to call it for what it is. Um, hopefully, we get, like, good moments out of him going forward. Um, mm. But, yeah, unfortunately, if this was a year later, like, I'd probably feel okay about it because we only got two years. Because the thing is, right, if you've got somebody with two years on their contract, two years on a bad contract is not the worst thing in the world because you just got to get through one year and then all of a sudden they're a trade asset. So, sure. um, so, so there's that. Um, but, yeah, like, it's it's not great. And, look, I, I, I don't really fault anybody. Like, I still think signing Kimber Walker was a good thing to do. What else we're going to do? I mean, would I've rather kept Horford, maybe? But Walker's yeah. been really good for us. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I don't want to slag it too much. But like, guys, the writing's on the wall. We'll be lucky if we get two productive years out of him. Very lucky. So, I read today that the stem cell injection that he got in his knee is the same thing that Kobe Bryant got towards the end of his career that ended up prolonging his career. Do you think there's any optimism to be? drawn out of that at all joe you look there's always a possibility like you, there's always a chance right like the dumb and dumber thing right <laughs> but <laughs> look I man once guys get injuries and they go downhill once they don't reclimb the hill like as a rule so i just advise calibrating your expectations super super low for this like it's like <laughs> hayward as well too like the reality is the guy's probably not going to be 23 points per game scorer so i'm like charlotte fans like, just brace yourselves, okay? He's, he's probably not that guy anymore, you know? Like, it, athletes don't tend to really come back. Um, well, Hayward said today that he firmly believes that he's in his prime. Well, and, he would uh, say that, wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> Look, I would believe it if I was him. I mean, I've been a frustrated jock in my early 30s, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. I know how you feel. I played my first uh, competition game of basketball since COVID hit. I played it uh, on Monday night, and I went 0 for 7. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to play for, for a league that captures a box score for us, and my stat line was four rebounds. And that's where the stat line ends. <laughs> I'm 33 now, and uh, I'm really, really starting to feel it. I have a bad knee as well, unfortunately. A couple of you ACL should, tears there. You and, should um, try. Yeah. You should try and get the Leangelo. You know what the Le- <laughs> Leangelo is? No. I'll it's, try it's anything. It's probably a bit of a deep cut now, but like it's one steal on the road. Because <laughs> I remember <laughs> Leangelo ball went over the UCLA to China, and they're like stole stock sunglasses. <laughs> one steal so on the road. Leangelo is one Love steal it. on the road. Yeah. <laughs> Do my best. Um, but yeah, I firmly believe that I'm no longer in my prime. If I ever had a prime to begin with. Oh, um, be you did. User random throwaway 410 writes, Kemba needs to be on a minutes restriction for most of the regular season. LeBron, Kawhi, etc. coast during the regular season in order to save their body for the playoffs. Is that, that going to be the case for Kemba Walker? Are we going to low manage him throughout the season? I think we have I no g- choice, I guess right? we, Yeah, sure. I mean, but like, let's just not... Guys, these cases aren't the same. Like, Kimball Walker had to sit for an extended period of time. That's really different to Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James taking, you know, taking a few days off here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just don't expect that they're of the same ilk. But, hey, look, just cross our fingers. I mean, there's nothing else you can do at this point, right? Like, you just got to hope that it works out. Like, he's not a tradable contract. So, um, not at this point. Um, 
So, yeah. So we've got them. So hopefully the load management works. I'm sure they'll try it. Sure it's gonna. I'm, not, I'm sure it's not going to make it worse. And um, <laughs> as someone's pointed out, thank goodness we've got Jeff Teague, I guess. Yeah, thank goodness for Jeff Teague. I never thought I'd say those words. Um, at what point is it safe to trade Kemba or openly shop Kemba? There's been a lot of reports about the tainted image of the Celtics and, and Danny Ainge because of the IT trade and the handling of various player scenarios. Do you, do you see that coming up at all, or is he just writing out his contract with the Celtics at this point? Oh, I, I'm, I do not see him finishing his contract as a Celtic. <laughs> right. So, at what point can we shop him without it looking bad? Uh, if he's been hurt all the way through the first half of this year, I think, you know, like, because once again, like, these things come out, come around really fast, right? Like, he's, yeah. he's not just going to magically start getting better as he gets older. Like, just, I mean, I keep using absolutes because it's, you know, there's always, a, like, the, the 1% chance are right. But, like, it's just really unlikely. It's not really what happens with athletes, right? That's not the normal path. There's, it's decay. Right, mm. decay is the natural state of things, and um, as we well know, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, okay, assuming Cam is around for at least the immediate future, user Aya Ramirez made a, made a post to Celtics Reddit earlier today titled "Who Starts and Who Finishes While Kemba Is Out." And to summarize the post, I'm not going to read out the, the whole thing; it's quite long. Tatum and Brown are a lock. Marcus Smart is probably a lock, so that's three. And Danny T, Tice, is likely our primary sort of opening and closing center, excluding certain matchups. Um, any arguments there, Joe? And and who takes the fifth spot in that lineup? Man, I mean, Tice has got some value as a three-point shooter, but, like, I mean, Tristan Thompson should be a better player. You know, like, Danny T does... He does, he does the Lord's work, eh? But he... Um, like we get crushed on the boards, we still get crushed on the boards. That's mm. you know what it's like when we're watching those tight Celtics games. That's when things start going wrong. Is when we stop getting boards. That that's always what happens. It feels like you know. Um, and I, look, I, I'm going to advocate for like, you know on the basis of I mean I never watch Tristan Thompson unless he um, plays the Celtics. <laughs> but on the basis of <laughs> Tristan Thompson's reputation, I'd rather have him out there, man. I want the ball. We need the pill. Okay, so who's number five then with Campbell Walker out? Is it Jeff Teague? Uh, do you go with some confidence in Aaron Neesmith early on, or who, who's that closing number five there? So not the five positionally, but the fifth player out on the court. I mean, I'm cheering for Grant Williams to make to make the make the leap. It's got to be one of the young guys, right? Like it's whichever one yeah. of those young guys pops. Mr. Reliable, Grant Williams. I'm completely there. I, I think there's arguments for Kemba Walker playing and, and Grant Williams still being in the lineup as well. I just think that he, you know, he had some great playoff moments. He, If you look at the, you know, Timmy highlight reels on YouTube, obviously the highlight reels, but he, there's enough Grant Williams good moments to constitute long and multiple videos of Grant Williams doing good things. So I think that there's uh, a lot to be said and a lot of merit to having him out there in the starting and the closing lineup. Can't necessarily score the ball, but he it can be a conduit between players who, who can, I think. And it's more role-defining when he's out there. He absolutely can score the ball, though. Like, I mean, I'm a big fan. I think there's just this... Um, he's just got this vibe, you know, when you first play, when you know, Ben, when you go and scrimmage with some like really good players, you know, you're playing like a level above you 
Yes. Right. That's every and, time I play, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but you always play slightly different, right? Like you play, you, you know, you kind of differential, you know? Set and screens. Yeah, <laughs> set screens. But if you keep coming and keep playing with those guys, after a while, you're going to let it fly when you're open, you know, and you're, and you're in, your, in your range, mm-hmm. you know? After a while, you get comfortable and, and like, yeah, I don't expect Grant Williams to be like a, a, an offensive force, but the guy can score. He can shoot. I promise you, he can shoot. You know, um, he's yeah. got he's got he's he's a great passer. Um, he's a good finisher. He needs to work on those free throws. But yeah, I'm I'm just a big believer in him. I mean, I've hope I don't curse him like I feel like I cursed Simeone, <laughs> but I've got high hopes for Grant. Yeah, me too. Well, I think that's the answer from the both of us uh, as far as that post is concerned. We are going to move on, and this will be the last segment. We were going to get to a Reddit recap, but I, I think I can hear my baby crying. <laughs> uh, so we are going to wrap up with this point. So in unexpected news, Shams tweeted yesterday, 10-year NBA veteran Evan Turner is finalizing a deal. At this point, I stopped reading the tweet, which I think I read in the middle of the night and thought, oh, shit, like we're using our trade player exception on Evan Turner. No, finalizing a deal to join the Boston Celtics as an assistant coach. Turner is expected to focus on player development. Joe, this is news, technically. It's sort of unremarkable, but like, what does this mean? What is the impact of this addition to the coaching squad, if anything? Do we do the same thing for IT? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Bring the gang back. <laughs> Bring the gang. I, it just reminds me of the happiest times, you know, mm-hmm. like the the most enjoyable times as a Celtic fan were when we're, I think, Evan Turner, I feel like he might have had a game winner against Orlando, uh, against Atlanta, and uh, like, the, yeah, Atlanta was really good. Um, it was fun. You know, it was really fun supporting the team at that time, eh? And, um, and yeah. Evan Turner was a great character, and I'm only worried about possible salary cap circumvention. <laughs> yeah. uh, just looking to keep yeah. him there in case one of the wings goes down. <laughs> yeah, sub him on, play a coach. That'd be cool. Um, what, like, what else do you remember about Evan Turner's time as a player on the Celtics? So you mentioned a potential game winner there. I think I remember a game winning assist in the playoffs against Atlanta, where he sort of drove middle and dished out to it. On the on the right three point corner, um, but just a reliable Brad Stevens doer of things, for lack of yeah, a, yeah. a much better term, who just seemed to be able to to go out and execute Brad's will on the court. So hopefully he can help sort of translate that to the the current roster. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, I was just gonna say I remember him hitting a huge three pointer against Portland on the road one year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when I, I think like him to that big, huge deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he, that was that might have been the line where he talked about it being a big twenty percent, like he's only fifteen percent, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. amazing. <laughs> it's true though. Yeah, it does matter when you hit them. Um, Marcus Smart's <laughs> a way bigger three point shooter than his percentages would suggest. Anyway, uh-huh. um, I'm just yeah. I'm, I love the I loved Evan Turner. I loved his personality, and I was you know always. I'm surprised though. It's not like he's retiring, you know. Like he's, he's still young. Too. Yeah, he's yeah. Still, he sh- surely he can. He's still younger play. than me. <laughs> like, that worries what me. What up, Evan? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's a feel good news item. And uh, user wzr2001 writes and may the list of Evan Turner quotes grow exponentially next year. In that same thread, Joe, I learned uh, 
Reddit user and, and moderator of Celtics Reddit, Leadspeak, created an Evan Turner quotes subreddit a number of years ago. <laughs> so r slash Evan Turner quotes. Amazing. <laughs> this is the perfect time to revisit that subreddit. So we've got very few sort of under 100 subscribers. Uh, a quote that I plucked from that subreddit uh, before recording Quote, when I was dribbling, I was like, oh, snap, I'm at 15 feet. I'm about to end this. And then when I thought about Michael Jordan passing to Steve Kerr, and I thought, well, let me add to my legacy. I'll pass one time. And that was it. It was unbelievable. Actually ingenious by me. <laughs> Amazing. We're going to have more of that Love in our lives at some point. Love them. Oh, that's so good. So the the season could end up being a success on, on Evan Turner quotes alone, but hey, we'll see. You know what? I feel like I've been a bit of a negative Nelly on the podcast, but it- Stuff like, like quotes like that remind me of um, how much I enjoy supporting players who realise it's just a game. Hmm. You know, like that's I, fair. Like the New Zealand cricket team. Sorry, to another cricket re- reference, but we had this. We had this. <laughs> there was a World Cup, and we went to the final. And we Brendan McCallum was king, was our captain, and Brendan McCallum, famously in New Zealand terms at least, went out swinging first ball at the at the MCG. He decided to charge the pitch on. I think it was a Mitchell Stark or something like that. And um, he eventually he got bowled straight away. Like, and everyone was just like, oh, Brendan, you idiot. Know the time and <laughs> place. But I was like, no, that's the attitude that got that team there. Like, the, no, nah, it's just a game. Just give it a go, you know? And, and I guess I, you know, it's refreshing for me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I think it's going to be, it's, I'm excited to see how that translates to the, the current squad because we do have this now in Evan Turner, this, this like champion of Brad Stevens, this Brad Stevens advocate. Mm. And I think, I don't know, I can't possibly put myself in the position of any of the players in the NBA at all, let alone on the Celtics. But I would imagine there's probably like a cultural, for lack of a better term, divide between the players and Brad Stevens because Brad Stevens is such a like he's a dork. Let's be honest, like he's a he's a genius, he's a brilliant coach, but um, I can imagine there's some divide there, and maybe there's some difficulty making a connection beyond like just the basic player coach connection that like guys like Greg Popovich, for example, seems to form with his players, and and maybe getting a guy to help bridge that gap. I don't know. I'm completely speculating here, Joe, but I, I think that, that seems like a helpful and sensible move to make. Ainge could help that by like letting people hang around for a little longer than two years. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've got Tatum hanging around for at least four years now and, and, and Brown for a little longer. Um, so there's plenty to look forward to. I'm definitely excited for the new season. That's going to do it for this one. Look, please, if you like the show, go and give us a five-star rating on iTunes, upvote on Reddit, share it with your friends. It's tough out here with such a saturated podcast market so all that stuff really really helps training camp it started today with individual workouts group workouts are coming in just a few days time i'm sure there'll be plenty of celtics content coming out of that and we'll be back in a week to discuss it all joe love your work mate thanks again thanks ben good to chat all right until next time folks go celtics peace Hiking in the sun, the happiness that you mourn. You know the kids still dance, so we supply all the songs. If I'm wrong, you hit the Superman like Soldier.